0: happy hour presented by the Holiday Distillery in Weston, Missouri. I'm Jordan and today we're going to be doing something a little different. It's just Brendan and I, but before we get to that, um, of course we have a cocktail in hand. So Brendan, what are we sipping on?
1: So today we have the Honey Apple Crisp, which is two ounces of our 360 Madagascar vanilla flavored vodka Three quarter ounce lemon juice, half ounce apple spice syrup, half ounce honey cinnamon syrup with two dashes of almond or toasted almond bitters in there. Um, And right now, this is, I think, our best selling cocktail, which is... Very unusual to have the 1856 Old Fashioned dethroned. So
0: Wow, I didn't realize this had jumped ahead. That's a, that's yeah. a pretty big leap there. Yeah,
1: it's kind of been the shocking surprise of this new menu. So I figured it'd be good to throw it out there to everyone.
0: It does taste like fall.
1: It's yeah, very yeah. Crisp.
0: Today yeah. feels like fall. It's, it's finally here.
1: <laughs> it's <Yeah>. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> finally.
0: <laughs> oh, delicious. Well, yeah. thank you yeah. for that. And what are we doing, Brendan?
1: So we are going to start a new mini series. Uh, so we're going to do them, try and do them once a month. Uh, so don't don't fully listen to that. We may or may not hit that. Um, but what we're going to do is get a little behind the scenes uh, interview style with different employees throughout the distillery. So we just wanted to get you know people to know get to know everyone you know that works at the distillery because we all come from such interesting and different backgrounds and i think it would be a unique way to kind of get an insight to who works at the distillery and kind of like where we all come from and like what we all do so i figured there's no better person to start with than our fearless host miss uh, <laughs> jordan germano
0: oh yay love being love being the first one here <laughs> we'll see how this goes but yeah i'm excited about this because uh, not only do we all have so many different backgrounds but there's so many different positions in the company I think that people might not even realize exist or that are necessary so I'm excited to kind of share yeah people obviously know what we do we come on here and talk about it but (laughs) um but yeah there's a lot of a lot of different areas that are really interesting that we can dive into oh
1: for sure yeah it is crazy to think about like how many people it takes to run a company like this like we're not huge by any means but we're also not very small so it's like we're kind of in that in between where but we do have a lot of people that you know we try and keep a lot of stuff in-house like it is not the most normal thing for a lot of companies to have an in-house design team even so there's a handful of us that you know we run that side and which is cool to say and be a part of but yeah it's not the most common thing you see in a lot of companies
0: yeah it's unique for sure yeah
1: yeah so let's start um where did you grow up?
0: So I grew up in southwest Missouri in a very small town called Monet. You might have heard um, Patrick kind of poke fun at me some from time to time. Um, if I have a couple cocktails, <laughs> you might hear a little southern, southern twang come out. Um, but yeah, I'm from a small town, southwest Missouri, kind of really near the Arkansas border. Um, okay. So yeah, that's where I'm from, Brendan.
1: And what was your favorite part of growing up down there?
0: Oh, I would say my favorite part would just be, I mean, the people. I'm still very close with a lot of people that I grew up with. Um, This is a very small town example, but my two best friends, we've known each other since forever. Our parents even went to high school together. So Mm -hmm. it's really just kind of that legacy of community. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Which, you know, when you're young and in high school, you think like, oh, that's not cool. But looking oh, back, yeah. it's like, oh man, I love this place. Yeah. <laughs> I love these yeah, people. It's crazy. So yeah. And I like the rural aspect too.
1: It's do you do you miss that ever?
0: I do. Yeah. Sometimes. Um I really love that's what I love about coming to Weston though, because even yeah. though I live more towards the city, it's like it still has a country feel, which kind of reminds yeah. me of home. So
1: Do you ever think you would move back out to the country?
0: Possibly. You know, the older I get, the more I'm like, Ah, some space sounds a little nice. <laughs> yeah. I so, yeah, don't blame yeah. you. I do love the city and we've always, you know, kinda of gravitated that way, but but yeah, space is nice.
1: Yeah. And then from Monet, where did you go from after that?
0: Oh, from Monet. I left small town, went to, actually first went to the big city of Kansas City.
1: Really? Yes. Went okay. to
0: UMKC for a semester. Oh. Um, that was not a great fit for me, yeah. being from a small town. It was mostly a commuter school, and I oh, really yeah. just didn't know yeah. that. I just wanted to be in the city. Um, big shock.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, big <laughs>
0: shock. Um, so from there, I actually ended up transferring to Mizzou. So... Just a couple hours down the road, I-70, found myself in Columbia, and ended up graduating um, from a zoo with a journalism degree.
1: Okay. Yeah. So that makes sense. You still kind of do some of that here and there.
0: Yeah. I think it's kind of crazy when you're 18, 19 years old, and you really have to think about what you want to do with your life. Um, So (laughs) I knew that I always, I I liked writing and um, like really the advertising piece Mm -hmm. of marketing and PR. So. I'm lucky that I actually picked something that I enjoy to this day. (laughs) I know that doesn't always track um, and that people grow and and change their interests. But, yeah, so when I went to Mizzou, I decided that was the path I was going to take. Um, I was very involved locally with – I was a dancer, and then I also worked a couple jobs. I worked at a bar and a country club, so – I stayed very busy.
1: I was going to say, it sounds like a lot, especially being in college. Yes. You know, college is a full-time job in itself, so. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I always liked to stay busy and, um, I mean, the service side of it, I think that's really where I kind of fell in love Mm -hmm. with what we do now is, yeah.
1: Yeah. Did you ever have a dream job like you're like, that would be the ultimate job coming out of college? Like if you look back,
0: I did. So I always thought I wanted to do PR for the chiefs.
1: Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: it was actually like kind of a dream come true. Whenever we had our partnership with Mm -hmm. them with 360 vodka, I was like, well, this is probably as close as I'm (laughs) going to get. I love it. I'm going to own it. This is awesome. So yeah. Yeah. That was probably my dream. I, I mean, was, I you should
1: have game. known a uh, BJ back in the day. You I could, know, uh, yeah, right? that would have been your that connection in. <laughs> <laughs> if only. If only. What was your, like your favorite like bar memory from college?
0: Oh, that's a tough one. Um, well, so I worked at a bar called the Deuce Pub and Pit. Okay. And the Deuce was uh, it was like a sports bar feel, but also um, they had volleyball courts in the back. And that's where I met a lot of my friends where I still am very close with today and actually where mm-hmm. I met my now husband. Mm-hmm. So I met John there when we were in college. And and I think my favorite memories are just working with that group of people and building those relationships. And um, yeah, I can't um, think of anything particular because then it yeah. probably wouldn't be fitting to share <laughs> on this pod anyway. <laughs> that's fair. That's <laughs> but fair. But no. Yeah. I think just kind of working there and um, meeting all the people that I met while I worked there. Yeah. Okay. It was a good time.
1: And did, so did you ever make, did you say you bartended there? Yes. Okay. What was your like, what was your favorite cocktail to make there? And what was your least favorite?
0: (sighs) I mean, we talk about cocktails and I I think about now versus, you know, back then it was like, oh, I'll take a whiskey. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so I, the most craft cocktail, if you will, that I probably ever made at that bar was a mojito. (laughs) That was back when mojitos were like. Yeah. I mean, you, I can see the commercial in oh, my head yeah. now with the mint. And, uh-huh.
1: um, old, uh huh. Good old Bacardi there.
0: Yes. Yeah. So we made a lot of mojitos there for a couple summers, and I actually didn't hate making them. I thought it was kind of fun. Uh huh. So that was probably my favorite and most like labor-intensive yeah. cocktail to make. Um, and least favorite. I mean, there wasn't really. It was probably more like the shot scene that was a little yeah more of the the least favorite.
1: Yeah. I can, I can always think back to like, you know, everyone would want like, Hey, I want this shot there or this random, like, you know, Oh, can I get this or that? And you're like, what do you want? Like, where did you get this? Like, (laughs) what are you talking about? Like so many out there and it's, it's just so crazy. I even like when I go out today, you know, and see some of these shots like out there, I'm just like, Who's coming up with these? Like,
0: right? It and seems
1: they, so off the wall, but
0: they really are. And you think, like, okay, what's in it, and what are the measurements? And I'm so far removed now from shot culture that I can yeah. only imagine what they're doing now. But
1: I mean, I don't think much has changed. It's still like, simple, crazy experiments. Like, there's still like a handful out there. I think that are tried and true. That are quite a few ingredients, you know. But yeah, but I I don't think a whole lot's changed. That's what's interesting. I don't think a whole lot's changed as far as shot culture has gone. I feel like lately I think it's more so on the, the craft cocktail and just cocktails in general has mm-hmm. changed quite a bit.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Definitely from where, where I was at.
1: Oh, yeah, because I can only imagine going from, you know, Mona, this really small town, to even Columbia is, like, it's a college town. Yeah. They're, they don't have craft cocktail bars. I, and, I again, I've never been out there, but I can only imagine today what it still is. Probably not. They may have some, but it's not going to be the same as, like, what Kansas City's become. And so coming out here is just a totally different shock.
0: Yeah, Columbia's changed a lot since I graduated. Yeah. I mean, we were going out to um, establishments that would have like 75-cent triple wells mm-hmm. on, you know, sp- specials like that. Nobody was really worried about mm-hmm. um, kind of what was going into those cocktails to no. make them craft.
1: No, because I remember when I was in college here in Kansas City, like we would go to bars and be like, oh, $2 you call, it's for anything from behind the bar, and you're just like, okay, give me whatever.
0: (laughs) It's on special. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you're in college and on a budget. It's like, yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. So then what brought you here to Kansas city?
0: So, um, let's see here. After I graduated college, I ended up staying in Columbia for a while and I worked at the bar and at the country club and was just trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I actually found myself into real estate marketing Okay. So if you um, have any questions about tax credits or (laughs) affordable housing, section 42, I'm your girl. And that's where I kind of learned how to really like structure a newsletter Mm -hmm. and regular events for internal and for residents and different things like that. So kind of where I dip my toe into event planning. And then from there, my um, fiance at the time. John, he, um, got a job in Kansas city and that's where he was born and raised. So he got transferred to the city and we moved here and I was still actually commuting to Columbia. I'm like, okay, this is not sustainable. Yeah.
1: That sounds a little rough.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I was looking for a job in Kansas city and a friend of mine, Mr. Cody Schneerbush, who still works for the distillery today was like, Hey, you know what? We're hiring at the distillery and I think you should apply. So I applied Joe and Patrick interviewed me And to this day, they say that my eye contact totally freaked them out, and they're kind of terrified to look me in the eyes. I was just super nervous. (laughs) I just was really excited about it. Um, But yeah, and so I interviewed, and I actually started at McCormick Distilling in 2015 as a marketing and sales representative under Mr. Joe Quinn.
1: The hot dog king.
0: The hot dog king, yes, as you all (laughs) know him as.
1: And it's so funny like thinking about like that, like that story when they're like, yeah, like Jordan would not break eye contact. <laughs> but it's like now like the the way we know them, like it's just way funnier now. It like is. looking back like at some of that stuff, like early, early days, even like I think back to like when I first started, like some of the stuff like I would say or do it was just like. They were so intimidating, and I'm like, I know, whatever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, if I would have heard that right after I got hired, I would have been really self conscious. And i was uh-huh. like, yeah, I will stare into your soul. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't watch me.
1: There's plenty of good stories we've heard over the years from.
0: <laughs> oh yes, they they just continue to add. So.
1: So you started on the sales and marketing team. Yes. So you were out in the market. Selling the booze.
0: I was out there in the streets. Cody was my partner in crime. Nice. We would go out, we would talk to accounts a lot about three sixty vodka. Mm-hmm. It was a big focus at the time. Yep. Um, yeah, and we really just wanted to go talk to people and build relationships and yeah.
1: Yeah. And we hadn't started making bourbon at that point. Had we, we had
0: not, no.
1: So how long did you stay on the sales and marketing team?
0: It was about five-ish months.
1: Okay, so pretty short time.
0: Yeah, it was a pretty short time, long enough for me to kind of get comfortable with the company yeah. and, you know, the inner, inner workings of how we do things. And then, um, yeah, from there, that's when they decided, they had decided previously that they yeah. were going to start distilling bourbon, but they were like, well, it's actually time, so we need to figure out how we're going to facilitate these tours. hmm once we are able to welcome people on site. So that's when I stepped in to help get that process started, yes. which I have learned so much.
1: Oh, I can I, only imagine. Yes, it's
0: been <laughs> great. Um, so yeah, my journey from there was figuring out like doing research at other distilleries. And we actually traveled and did a few distilleries on the bourbon trail. And we went to Tennessee, we did Jack and just doing a lot of research to figure out what people are doing, what makes the most sense for us. And, and then figure out how to implement that on site. Mm-hmm. So,
1: and and that's where it gets interesting because like you go to a lot of these distilleries and they're so big mm-hmm. and like they have such a curated tour, you know, and this and that. And like they they have a lot of you know experience because they've been doing this for so you know not a super long time because you talked to a lot of them and it's like really like I want to say it was like the eighties or nineties. I want to say it kind of kick back up even more so in the 2000s when like the brown spirits thing came back but but they have a lot more experience at that and they're like have you know all this you know money and you know whatever they can do just whatever they want they have all this space to do it they have whatever and so it's a very curated experience versus like us like we want it to be the true raw like experience like this is what it is like we don't want to like sugarcoat anything we don't want to give you disneyland we don't want to do any of that so
0: it's like our true authentic like nothing Mm -hmm. to hide yeah
1: yeah and so that's where it's interesting to like have to take back like what you're seeing on this very curated tours to come back and be like how do we do this but do it better
0: right with our style with our yes um authenticity and 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 what we had to work with was what is our current Welcome Center. So it was a house that had sat vacant for years. And it was full of old files and Uh old shag carpet. And it was pretty pretty rough.
1: Yeah. If You could only see the pictures. Like, I never saw it in person, but I've seen the pictures. And I can only imagine what it must have been like walking through that place originally.
0: It was in rough shape. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so from there, it was, okay, well, first of all, obviously, we got to get it cleaned out Mm -hmm. figure out where we're going to put our retail room. How are people, where will they check in for tours? What does that look Mm -hmm. like? And and in the initial stages, of course, we didn't have bourbon to taste. So it wasn't like we had this big cocktail scene. Um, It was really just, we were prepared with retail and tour offerings. That's it. We had bottled water. That was cool. (laughs) (laughs) There was that. No, but we also, we would offer samples of our current premium products at the end of the tour. So you could try Kiki, five farms didn't exist then. We yeah. had Tequila Rose. We had the 360 flavors. So
1: Yeah. Lots of beginnings for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz I'm trying to think of like how long that kind of lasts. I mean, it's gone through so many changes I feel like at this point, but Yeah. Um so how long did you do that kind of mainly as your role?
0: Oh goodness. I don't I, I couldn't even tell you. Yeah. It's all a blur, but I I did that for quite a while. Yeah. I'd say a couple years. Or no, maybe about a year. And then it was like, okay, now we're up and running. We Now we need to go out and market this place. Uh-huh. So my job at that point was to um, make sure that everybody that would listen to me speak knew about the Holiday Distillery. Mm-hmm. So if Joe was doing an event promoting 360 or another brand, I was there mm-hmm. handing out tour flyers. Yep. Come see us at the distillery. Open seven days a week. Tour seven days a week. Like it was really all about people just coming to see us after being closed for so long. It was like, come on, we want to show you around. Uh-huh. So I did that for a while, and then I let's see. Then what did I do? Hmm. Then I just started. <laughs> I think I kind of dabbled back more into started doing more on the PR side at yeah. that point. Yeah. So, but it really all works one and the same together. You know, mm-hmm. that's why I think it's hard to really put timestamps on it. Uh, but yeah, I started really diving into, okay, well, Patrick's going to step aside now when it comes to going on camera. yeah. And then I learned how to get in front of a camera and, and speak and yeah. not black out. <laughs> <laughs> like I used to get so nervous, like, uh, live TV. But, um, but, yeah, and I got way more comfortable with that and started doing more radio and TV. Just any time mm-hmm. that it came to, like, a local PR opportunity, I kind of would step in and, and handle that. So uh, but that awesome. journalism degree to use, Brendan. Yeah,
1: there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean I've seen plenty of the old pictures from back then when you were <laughs> everywhere I feel like it was just like oh there's Jordan like doing this event or she's on TV here or doing that and I remember when you would write all the you know like the little, uh, radio ads that we would do all the time. Like I remember when you were trying to like sit there and write those like down in the sunroom and that was always funny.
0: Oh yeah. I was like, okay, we need a 30 second spot for three, six, you know, and it was always, I I loved that. I think that's where I really, that's what I really enjoy is the writing piece. And yeah. Um, yeah. But i just, I love PR too. Yeah.
1: And you're kind of mainly doing that now, aren't you?
0: Yes. Yeah. So I still, um, kind of work alongside with the Welcome Center and help with with various things events as needed but uh, for the most part yeah just kind of working with Noel on PR and communications mm-hmm. and just still trying to tell the world about our fabulous yeah. brands
1: yeah and then you do a lot of stuff outside of the distillery too that involves you know bourbon or alcohol and all that
0: I do it's so funny because um, I kind of skipped over this but whenever I started whenever I was asked to kind of step in and help on the team to get the distillery back up and running for tours internally, I was thinking, Oh my gosh, I don't like bourbon. I've not really ever drank bourbon. I'm not (laughs) sure this is really, this is going to be interesting when I go on these trips and have these tastings. And at the time I never dreamed that I would be as invested in it as I am now. Sure. So, and I do think that has come with time, of course, and education and opportunity, but it started, I think, prior to 2020, before the pandemic hit. We had applied to become um, ambassadors for the Missouri branch of the Bourbon Women chapter. Mm-hmm. And Bourbon Women is a national organization, and chapters all over the country. Wonderful women out there doing some great things. And at that time, we didn't have bourbon, but yeah. we were about to. So, yeah. applying for that, luckily, we got accepted, and we started our Missouri chapter. And from there, again, it was kind of intimidating. We didn't have bourbon yet. I didn't know too much about it. But I've immersed myself in that community and gotten to know a lot of women um, throughout the industry and even just enthusiasts. Yeah. And so I'm very involved in bourbon women, which I love. So we do events. If you're local in Kansas City, check us out. <laughs> come, uh-huh. come to our next event. We have them almost monthly. So that's been great. And then I also, as of late, have become a student of Whiskey University, which has been Very eye-opening for me.
1: I can imagine.
0: (laughs) Yes. Um, So with Whiskey University, I'm actually studying for a Bachelor of Science degree to become a Master Taster through their program. And what that looks like is just taking different classes, um, a lot of them on different brands, which is really Mm -hmm. good for me because I'm just holiday all day long, right? Yeah. That's what I'm used to drinking. And so it's good to actually take the time and set aside like, oh, this class is about Maker's Mark. this class is about wild turkey. Yeah,
1: And I think it's good to have an understanding of who else is out there and what other people are producing and build your palate. And you can help, you know, as you're tasting, going back to, you know, our spirits, like you can, you know, adjust your palate and like, oh, maybe there's something you picked up that you hadn't, you know, tasted before. And like, hey, I really like this. Or like, you can just like expand your mind and like understand things so much better when you start to expand your palate out.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's really what it's all about. Like if you want to become more uh, like involved in the bourbon world, like you don't mm-hmm. need classes. You don't, you really just need to taste. Yeah, That's what it comes down to. Yes. And that's what I get through Whiskey University because when am I ever going to just go and gather, you know, uh-huh. 10 different samples and sit there right. and taste, you know, and do my notes. So I think that's really the biggest piece of it is just taking that time to really taste. And figure out, like, okay, what is the match bill? Uh-huh. What am I getting here? And just kind of building that palette, yeah, which is a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. What is, like, your favorite part of that so far?
0: Um, I think, so a lot of it's, I love the history. Okay. So I love our history, yeah. obviously. But learning more about brands that are even new and kind of yes. how they came to be, yeah. whether it was a business owner, entrepreneur that just, like, took a risk mm-hmm. and set out to do their own thing. And they've been super successful or... Whether it's, you know, I mean, the wild turkey story. I just oh, actually yeah. had that class yeah. earlier this week. Like, that is super interesting, especially after spending so much time with David Jennings a few weeks yeah. ago. And it's like, okay, I, I, I see more so now why he is such so mm-hmm. a super fan. There's a mm-hmm. lot of layers to that story. So I really like learning the history and just the people I've met through Whiskey University, too. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because not only am I learning myself, but I'm also making connections with these people yeah. throughout the country. And that's yeah. what I get paid for so it kind of goes hand in hand I love it that's cool
1: so go back to you talked about like you weren't you didn't think you were going to be a big bourbon person Mm -mm. do you have a moment in time where you're like oh this is really good like that first moment you're like I really like this bourbon
0: oh truthfully it probably comes back to right around the bin launch
1: really yes that it took that
0: long yeah okay because whenever we were making bourbon i still wasn't invested enough to be like oh i'm gonna go build my own bourbon collection you know yeah I wasn't drinking it at yeah. home it wasn't something that was really a priority for me so uh-huh. yeah and once i started actually like sitting down with kyle especially and going through like okay that's at this proof and like different areas of the Rick house and understanding mm-hmm. that piece of it. I was like, wow, this isn't mm-hmm. just like juice in a bottle. This is, yeah. there's so much more to it. I like that. Yeah.
1: Okay. I got a good one. If you could switch jobs with someone for a week here at the distillery, who would you switch with?
0: Oh, that's a good one. Um, you know what I would probably do is switch with somebody in the bottle shop. Okay because I love the creative aspect of what I do, but sometimes I also think it would be nice to just be like, okay, yep. this is your job uh-huh. from A to Z. You know. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> you know you're doing it correctly, and yeah.
1: yeah. That's no, probably what I would do. I, I can agree with that, because, yeah, it is like people don't realize, they're like, oh, like you get to do all the fun stuff all day long, and you get to do this or that. People don't realize like how mentally taxing doing this stuff is. Like, yeah. Yes, there is a fun aspect, to doing you know marketing and this side of stuff, um, but there's a reason like we have to kind of have built in fun things and kind of like take breaks and kind of like kind of you know mentally like you know take a break from everything because it is such a taxing, yeah. you know mentally you know strain stren, strenuous job to do. Well,
0: and you want to because that's when you do your best work, right? Is whenever yes. you like think and you get through and. I always go back to the Wicked Pickle story just because <laughs> that was one of my finest moments. Yep. Yep. Um, and so we were coming out with this spicy pickle flavored whiskey called Wicked Pickle, if you've heard of it. And um, we needed a tagline. And I sat, this is whenever, this is during pandemic times, I'm sitting on my floor at home. And I just remember I had been thinking about this for four days. I had pages of notes of different words and phrases. And then I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh my gosh, one stiff pickle. Yep. that's it. That's, that's the it. one. Yep. And I was like, I'm either going to get shut down by compliance <laughs> <laughs> or they're going to think this is ridiculous. But in my head, I'm like, this has got to be it. So we went through with it. And then it is so funny to me to this day. I have heard so many people call that out and say, what kind of sick dude came up with that uh-huh. tagline? I'm like, mm, actually it was Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> it was me. And, yeah. but I, it just like, it took me four days to come up with three words. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And and we are not because Patrick always tries and asks like Rachel, Gabby, myself and now Maddie, uh, hey, like come up with a brand name for this. Hey, come up with the tagline for this. And we're That's like So hard. Oh, and like that is not our job. Like we cannot do that. Like we're like we'll come up with shit and we'll be like, yeah, we suck at this. Like we we know we're not the word people, we're the visual people. Like that is not our world. But it is so funny cuz I remember that and like Patrick was like which one of you came up with this? And like, and I was like, he was like looking at me because like I'm like the only male like on that side. Yeah. And so I'm like, it was not me. And I was like, that was all Jordan. Like,
0: it's got you know, it's just like fitting, and it makes you giggle a little bit. It right? is. It's so. such
1: a good one, and those are the best. Like I think like people, those are going to be the memorable ones that stick with you. Like, and that's what's so much fun is like you catch something, you just instantly know like that's a good one. Like that's going to stick, and like that, that's why I went on the label. Like.
0: Yep. And that's what I, I just love that, that, those label copy, that label copy and those taglines. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, it's a good time. Yeah.
1: There's some lots of good ones. Yeah. So, okay. We all know your love for May, Ben. Mm-hmm. But outside of May, Ben, if you had to pick one other holiday bourbon, either holiday soft red or Ben, which one would you choose?
0: One other month.
1: Yeah. Or one barrel, okay. whatever.
0: Um, I am personally a big fan of 16 Charlie 22. Okay. That is a favorite of mine. That is a good one. That's a good one. Um, everybody always goes toward shorty. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Love. Yeah. shorty. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. But, um, I do think that sometimes with shorty being around 16 Charlie 22 doesn't get enough love.
1: It is 16 Charlie 22 is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't know the story of that one, that one's really a fascinating one. And that kind of a cool you know, story that goes back to when we first were getting ready to release Ben. And so.
0: It was uh, only like four years at the time, I think, when Doug Frost called that out, right? It wasn't even. Yeah.
1: I can't remember I have to ask Kyle again. But yeah, it was pretty early on. And that's what's so crazy is like, oh, he was like, yeah, like that one's going to be really good. And it stuck around and we finally bottled it. And that's why we called it out 16 Charlie 22, because that is what the barrel number is on that so and
0: that's what he said I think too right Didn't yeah he it said was, it yeah. that way
1: so it's like he's like oh 16 charlie 22 like that one's gonna be really good like yeah. so that's why it stuck that way so that, yeah I do agree that one is really good and that was now that was first harvest it was like the, the really high proof one that we had
0: I like first yeah first harvest was good too
1: yeah and that one's crazy because that one was like the highest proof I think we have bottled yet yeah was that one
0: yeah, and I, I like soft red expressions. I do, but I just you know how I feel about Ben and I like that little spice I like to be kicked in the face a little bit with the yeah. bourbon. So Yeah,
1: well that was was interesting going back and doing the the Ben tasting we did the last episode, unfortunately without you, Jordan. I
0: know, you guys have recorded with uh,
1: Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um but we hadn't like really tasted a lot of them side by side like that. Like we kind of like, you know, maybe taste like, you know, two of them that had come out, like, you know, we did September versus October. Like we've done that before because we were always like, oh, we had September. Let's try October or like this or that. But we'd never done like a a good amount of like a range, like over a year. Like, hey, how's this changed? Like, what do these taste like? And we were like, oh my God, we all forgot about March. Like March was so good. So
0: good. Yeah. I just love how, and it's fun to put them side by side because they are different. Yeah. Which is just, I think that's, you can do a whole tasting every month yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, or every bottling yourself and really learn a lot that way too.
1: And I know we talked about this last episode too, is like, you know, I think it's hard for a lot of people because they see like, oh, like when you see a lot of brands out there, like they're the same thing every single time. So you know what you're getting, but that's the unique thing about Ben and Soft Red is they are, each batch is unique. So it's like, you kind of have to look more closely at it and like the months, everything is printed on there. Um, now on the strip stamp and then on the side too where you can like easily look and go oh this one I don't have this batch like right. so you may like certain batches other than, than others like you know we even Patrick said like last time he had someone who was like picked up a certain batch and all of a sudden he's like oh that's when I fell in love with you know Ben and you know he didn't love it at first but this other batch you do and it's like there's that's the fun of it is like there is uniqueness to each one and a little something for everyone
0: well, and the more that people drink it too, I feel like they'll be able to look at where the barrels are coming from and maybe they start to realize, oh, I tend to favor blends that have more barrels from the second floor mm-hmm. or the fifth floor or whatever that might look like. And I think that's that's fun. That'll be a nice little hunt in itself just to find the, the blends that you like yeah. for each bottling. Yeah.
1: Well, okay. Jordan it's been fun
0: well brendan this has <laughs> been very fun and yes. you,
1: you get to do all the interviewing from here on out because <laughs> this is not my forte by any means but. i
0: think you did great um but, yeah. yeah i'm but, excited we'll we'll get some really fun people on here with some cool stories and yeah be a good yeah. time you get to learn but more about for the dis- having me yeah
1: of course <laughs> all right all right cheers, cheers. Holiday Happy Hour is presented by The Holiday Distillery, Weston, Missouri. Drink responsibly, drive responsibly.